All right, welcome to an extremely special edition of the Metal Blade Podcast. Now, normally we are joined by our fine artist via phone, but we are very lucky to have the man, the legend, Eric Rutan, lead guy of all things Hate Eternal, in our little studio here today in the flesh. How's it going? Great. Thank you very much for having me at this luxurious and glorious. The pleasure's Metal all on Blade this office. side of the room, believe me. <laughs> I love Metal Blade, I love the office, and I'm more than glad to be here. Awesome. We're glad to have you. So, yeah, thanks for stopping by. Uh, you guys are currently out on the road with the awesome and fun Black Dolly Murder, and uh, it's really cool that you could take time out to come and join us. Um, Always. I have to say that, personally, I've been a fan forever, and uh, I don't think it really gets any more metal than the song Powers That Be, like, honestly. And when I'm really pissed off here in the office, I throw on King of All Kings and everything. So oh, man. <laughs> That's how you work it out. It's like therapeutic. You pop that on, and that takes care of biz. But thank you. That's that's very kind words. Right on. Uh, let's see. So yeah, we'll have a little bit of fun here in our in our makeshift studio. Uh, as always, visit metalblade.com for all news and tour updates, and hateeternal.com for everything hate eternal. And uh, so, like I said at the time we are recording this, you're on tour with the Black Dolly Murder, Decrepit Birth, and uh, Three Inches of Blood. And uh, I assume you're probably having a complete blast with all those guys. I, yes. Uh, <laughs> they're Black, all real fun. <laughs> Black Dive, they're not only an awesome band, but uh, they, they're just a bunch of great guys. I've known them for a long time. So to tour with them, they're, they're just a class act. And uh, the shows have been huge. They've been incredible. And uh, Three Inch of Blood's a bunch of great guys as well. And a, a great classic metal band. And Decrepit Birth is awesome death metal band. So it's... It's been really awesome to do this tour leading up to the release of our record on yeah. February 19th. And we all saw the show last night. And it was absolutely amazing. Packed out, sweaty. It was so metal. Sweaty and dirty <laughs> and just grungy. It was good. It was but really one, thi- good. one thing I have to ask is you don't use the fan anymore. <laughs> I was so, so, so bummed out, dude. Like, <laughs> you know, I got so much shit about it. People were saying, like, I was like, they're like, God, you know, the, 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 the way the wind blows in your hair. And I'd be like, hey, listen, man. Like, guys would be asking me, uh, you know, man, that the fan really blows your hair nice. I was like, hey, dude, you're getting a little personal there. But, you know, <laughs> I, I really just use the fan to keep my, you know, I sweat like a pig and I'm playing guitar and I got this mop of hair in my face. I know, so man. It, it was really to keep it out of the way. But no, I, no, I don't know why I don't love the fan. I guess I'm blowing it. Yeah, I guess you, got, you gotta add the fan it. back in. I gotta man. bring back the fan. That was it's half the, the show for me. I was like, I've, dude, we're, there's no, there's no I blowing apologize. hair motion. <laughs> I have, uh, no, I, I don't know why I don't have the fan. I don't know what the hell's going on here. I, I, think, I apologize. You know, actually, I think in this room, Amana Marth left their fan from tour. So if oh, you want cool. <laughs> to take Amana Marth's fan. I need it. I sweat too damn much up there. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I haven't been using the fan on this tour. All right, well, something to think about. All right, thank you. <laughs> Um, all right, so you guys are fresh meat on the Metal Blade roster, and yes. uh, we couldn't be happier to have you guys uh, in our family. But um, let's go back a bit and tell us, uh, just tell us a story of how you ended up here with us. Well, after uh, I Monarch, we did our DVD for Eric. That was our last option. And um, I knew by working with everyone here at Metal Blade over the years with producing you know, a lot of the Metal Blade uh, roster and stuff and knowing, you know, the whole staff and working with everybody here that as soon as I was a free agent, you know, I told Brian that I didn't want to entertain any other offers. I just wanted to come straight to Metal Blade. Oh, 
and I didn't. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even give anybody a chance to, to sign us because I just I had no interest. No offense to the other labels. Yeah. There's a lot of great labels out there, but we win. Metal Blade is the cream of the crop, and there's no more legendary metal label than Metal Blade Records. And uh, to be a part of Metal Blade and all the bands that have graced this label and and to work with, you know. The list goes from Brian down with everybody. It's just uh, it's a whole different. I can't even imagine being on an, another label. You get you get to metal, but you don't go anywhere else because you know everybody is inc- exceptional at their jobs, and they all love the music, and everybody's pure into it. And that's what I am as a person. I love metal. I live and breathe metal. So I just knew that this is where I was going to come, and if. if I was if I was welcomed, of course, you know. Which, oh. luckily, Ryan, he was very, very. I would have happy. single-handedly made sure it happened. <laughs> I just told it was really Brian came to the studio one day and we were talking about it, and I was like, you know, we're we're free agents now, and I really want to sign with Metal Blade. And he said, well, great, let's make it happen. And it was really that simple. Me and him right went on. to uh, Scarlet's in Miami and loosely discussed uh, strip club. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Negotiated our deal at a strip club on a, on a napkin, I think. So it's about as metal as it Did it have lipstick it. on the napkin? No. Nah, oh. that, that would have been a nice addition, actually. I should have got that done. But it was it's about as metal as it gets, you know. Yeah. It was literally like that easy. Yeah. yeah. So it was it was it's a wonderful thing. Good, and, uh, good. I'm going to be on Metal Blade until they just tell me to get. Actually, I'm probably going to be in this office until you guys kick me out because <laughs> I'm liking it here. It's where the magic happens. <laughs> All right, so we're going to sort of like Quentin Tarantino this podcast. Like, you know, we just talked about some current stuff. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to go back, and then we'll Tarantino it again to the current stuff. But, sure. Um, All right, so first off, I think I heard somewhere that you are a self-taught guitarist. Is that true? Yeah, I, um, I never took any – I think I took one formal lesson, and they were, you know, teaching me – different chords and crap and i was like man i just want to play slayer i didn't give a shit about you know <laughs> learning all this mary had a little lamb whatever the hell they were trying to teach me that, that wasn't really working in my uh in my um life at the time i just wanted to you know play slayer and metallica and you know i always knew when i first played started playing guitar i said i just want to write my own i want to be my own guitar player and have my own style and play just the most heaviest music that I could possibly um muster up and uh lessons didn't really fit in there but i i grew up in a real musical family my sister plays classical piano and my dad played cello and my dad's mom played classical piano um so a lot of musicians on in my family i played violin when i was five it was like not even an option it was like you're gonna play violin viola or cello which one would you like to play i really just wanted to like play football or I don't know what I wanted to do, but, but um so I grew up I, I I've been listening to classical music since I can even remember being alive so I was brought up with different composers and different rock and I think all that influence musically has led me to be the musician I am because I grew up with very complex music since youth so being around that music and they've even done studies on this you know with mozart people have listened yeah. to mozart and they've had improved grades on tests and stuff but uh i think it's just because i was around so much music as a youth that my um my brain had this 
was able to absorb so much notes and stuff like that. And that's the only way I think I can attribute the fact that, one, everything I do, I it's in, it's here. It's, it's here. It's not on paper. I just remember everything, you know, mm. and able to harmonize and counterpoint, and it's all in the ear. I got a good ear, I guess. But uh, I practice. I've practiced. So I mean, if you... <laughs> If I had a dollar for every hour I've practiced, I'd, I'd, be, <laughs> I'd be rich. So uh, I think that's, it goes to show like that you don't need formal training to actually, you know, uh, be successful. And I think some of the best musicians are people that are not literally formally trained, but people that are just on their own trying to formulate their own distinct yeah. style and characteristic. Awesome. All right, we're, we're going to fast forward a little bit. So uh, you spent some time with more of an angel, and uh, I was actually trying to think the other day how long you were with them, and I was uh, kind of like my trivia question of the day, and I was like, I think it was two records, but I'm not sure. Am I right? Um, well, I actually started touring with uh, more of an angel during Covenant, um, mm. and then, but the record had just got finished, and then I started touring with them, and then I um, did Domination, and uh, and then uh, the live record, and then I toured with them during Formulas, but I didn't play on the record. Right. But I started Hate Eternal at that time. Yeah. Um, and then I did Gateways, and then uh, and then I left. Got but, it. Uh, so it was, was technically you were you were years. technically two on, on two records though. The, yeah, you live record doesn't record. count, right? Three uh, records. Okay. Well, the gateways, entanglement, <laughs> chaos, and uh, domination. All right, so I was close then. Yeah, yeah. Two, but yeah, three. I figured. Yeah, I know you spent a lot of time touring with him, but I was like, how many I records did. was he actually on? <laughs> it was good, good years too. I enjoyed my my tenure with Morbid Angel, and I mean, more. I always loved Morbid Angel as a band, so uh, it was it was always an honor to be a part of a, a legendary band like Morbid Angel. I remember the the Slayer Pantera tour, two thousand one. I remember that. That was amazing. It's I, one of them. I got there just in time to see, I think, maybe the last half. Yeah. Or the last 10, 10 to 15 we minutes. I was first bummed. <laughs> yeah, that was an amazing tour. Yeah. And those are memories that would last forever, you know, torn with Slayer and Pantera. And I, I played uh, Walk with Pantera on the last oh. two nights in San Jose Arena and yeah. uh, up in Washington. So it's really good memories. I never thought if somebody had said like yeah. 15 years ago when I was like playing riffs in my basement, you know, like, yeah, you're going to be touring arenas with Slayer and Pantera. I would have been like, yeah, whatever, dude. You yeah. Know? Well, if someone asked me 10 years ago, if I'd be sitting here talking to you, <laughs> well, there you, go, been like, huh? you know, it's just, I, that was like the bonus, you yeah. know, that was like the total, I never thought in a second and I'm content playing clubs and bars and theaters. I'm, I'm totally fine with that. So that, whole experience that we did it twice was just incredible to yeah. tour arenas we were playing you know long beach arena of course being like the biggest iron maiden fan out you know scream for me long oh, beach. <laughs> playing there and um you know at home we played a, a lot of arenas that i saw priest and iron maiden at when i was a kid so to play those places and have yeah. guys i saw guys from school that you know when i was in high school i mean nobody People probably are still in shock that I'm actually having a career in, in this because they, yeah. I was kind of the guy in high school. They're like, "Oh yeah, he's gonna end up in jail. Or, <laughs> you know, he's, he's gonna end up no good. He's, where's he gonna go with that devil music crap?" You know, <laughs> the so, devil music. But when I did it. those arena tours, people popped out of the woodworks, man. Like guys I hadn't seen since 
high school and in shock, you know, like, oh my God, I can't believe that he's doing this. And I got to, I got to say myself, I, I, I'm in agreement with him that I couldn't believe I was doing it either. <laughs> Fond memories. All right. So you started Hate Eternal in, was it 98? Seven. 97. Okay. Mm-hmm. Close again. Um, now, was this like, was it just originally like a side project to release your stuff or was it something you knew you eventually wanted to do full time? Or did, did Yeah, it was, it was never a side project, you know, um. It appeared that way because I had Doug from Suffocation play on the first record, but that was more of an afterthought where he was a friend of mine and Suffocation had broke up and uh, I just wanted to be a part of the record. But um, I started the band with the intention of just making a mammoth of a death metal band. And back then, actually, a lot of people in the industry were saying, "Eh, you know, death metal was kind of taking a lull there and black metal was becoming huge. And I remember people were telling me, yeah, why don't you put a 